Hello, and thanks for taking the time to tune in to our podcast. This is Pastor Carson with Calvary Tabernacle. Every week, what we're putting on the podcast is a snapshot of what's happening here, whether it's our local services or whether it's different teaching sessions. And the ultimate goal is really tied to our mission here at Calvary, and that is to reach, to connect, and to disciple. We hope that wherever you are, this podcast is a blessing for you. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we would absolutely love for you to come by. Join us for a service, whether that be 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, 6.30 p.m. on a Sunday night, or 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. We would love to see you here at Calvary Tabernacle. God bless you, and enjoy the podcast. There, there is a touch of the Lord here that is so special. There really is. You better get ready for the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of the apostolic church. We, it is here right now. Right now. You can feel it all over the room. The Lord's going to do something today. He's going to do something tomorrow. How many believe the Lord's coming soon? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, but just before he comes, it's going to be the greatest harvest we've ever seen. Amen. It's going to fill every crook and cranny of our building with people hungry for God. If you believe it and you want it, shout, clap your hands, do something, respond. Amen. How many believe the Lord's doing amazing things in this hour? Praise God. Praise the Lord. 
because he's washed me in his blood. He believes in second chances and he washed all my sins away. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. I mean, so glad that the Lord saved you today. In your heart, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. The old song says, what can wash away my sins? Missionaries talking about legs growing. Well, I just mesmerized as a kid in church. I was also scared the Lord's gonna call me away to Zimbabwe <laughs> or some country I'd never heard of, you know. And they talk about all the blinded eyes open, and I listen to that missionary, Brother Cole, Billy Cole, talking about the lady with a withered hand. In the midst of a crowd just opened up. Saw the video. I want to see that. One Sunday, a man came down the aisle and had never seen him before. And his hand was drawn up like that. And I come off the platform, went down, people praying in the altar. I walked up to that man. He cut your head. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong upon me right now. He's standing right here. And, and I, I went, there was a man with him. I said, what would you like the Lord to do? And he said, my arm, my hand is messed up. And, and the guy that was with him had to hold his arm toward me. And I grabbed his hand and I simply said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. It was that simple. It was that simple. I let go of his hand. I looked at him. I said, are you healed? He said, yes. Just like that. God instantly healed him. Do you believe God's still able? Hallelujah. I feel like there's going to be healings here today. There was a lady that came just about two years ago. She stood in this part and I went to her and said, what would you like God to do? And uh, she said, I, I, am, I have pain all through my body. I said, what's wrong? She said, I have one leg shorter than the other. I said, give me your hand. I just simply said, in the name of Jesus be healed opened my eyes and I said are you healed she said well, there's no pain in my body I said oh are you healed she said I, I said your foot you said one leg she said I have to take my shoe off I said take your shoe off right there in the altar she starts doing she took it off when she did she said it's healed it's, it's, it's normal it's, I'm telling you 
Hallelujah. I was at our daughter work in Coshocton, Ohio, the anchor of Coshocton. While I was there, the Holy Ghost moved during the praise and worship service. We were just worshiping God. It was so special, the glory of the Lord. I leaned over to our youth pastor, and I said, Brother Cody, you feel that? I was, he said, yes. I said, the Lord's doing something special right now. And uh, after service, there was a lady in the church that was blind. She'd never seen anybody in the building. After service, she said, I've got something I want to say. She grabbed the microphone. She said, I've never seen anybody in this building, but during praise and worship, she said, the Lord has opened my eyes. I can see the detail of every service. I come to tell you tonight that what God was just, we were seeing globally, he's going to do locally. I said, he's going to do right here at Calvary, right here in Indianapolis. Do you believe that? For what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Do you still believe there's power? Somebody shout, there's power. I want you to lift your hands and say, I believe it. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen right here. It's going to become normal. It's going to be miracles. There are going to be miracles. Come on, clap your hands and shout if you believe that. I feel like we need to praise him in advance. I'm going to preach in a minute, but I just feel like we need to pray. If you truly believe God's going to do something great in your life, I think you ought to praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I believe. His blood can heal everything. Everybody. In Jesus' name. The book of 1 Kings chapter 18. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to give honor to Brother Lyndall Anderson. I appreciate you, Brother Anderson, and who you are. Thank God for you. Brother Anderson, possibly, I don't, I don't know, a musician that has produced more musicians and music directors and singers all over the world that are impacting the world. I'm not sure if his middle name is not multiplication. He's multiplied himself. I'll tell you the, 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 the nature of him. We had a young lady in our church that was diagnosed with leukemia as a teenager and she had a bucket list that she wanted. One of those was to sing with IBC Praise. Made a phone call. I know you weren't feeling well but you made the trip. Brought IBC praise. We invited our community. Hundreds of people gathered. And she stood up there and they practiced a song with her. And they, they fixed a schedule to be at our church just so she could be in that service and sing with them. Aren't you thankful for leadership like this? I'm so honored we got to worship together today. I have tremendous respect for him. Amen. Amen. I'm just going, I feel at home, so I'm taking my time here a little bit. But I, I, I feel so comfortable. That could be dangerous. But it's so good to be with uh, Brother and Sister Carson, their family, one of the greatest preachers I know, a godly man. We talk most days. And, uh, and every morning, I guarantee he's got a cup of coffee, a Bible, and a devotion. And here's from the Lord what the Lord's going to do. You've come to the kingdom. For such a time as this. There's going to be multiplication in this church. We've seen addition in the apostolic movement. But we've never seen multiplication like we're going to see it. And the Lord is choosing out regional places. It's not going to be in every city. But He's handpicking places. To multiply it. Become regional hubs. That's why the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail. Not gate of hell. Because there's regional principalities and high places. But God is going to create gates of heaven. Gates of heaven. That's going to prevail against the forces of the darkness of this world. For the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Do you believe that? 
And the Lord's going to do great things. We don't have time to play games. It's time to be what God wants us to be. Amen. Lift your hand and say, I received that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Before I read my text, and I know I've been up here a few minutes, but I want to give honor to my sweetheart, uh, Cindy. I don't ever remember not knowing her. And uh, we've known each other our whole life. She's my childhood sweetheart. And uh, we have four amazing kids. Lakin, Sawyer, Jillian, and Finn. Yep, just like Tom Sawyer. Matter of fact, he's got a dog named Tom. So he, he said, so you say go, when he just, boy, he said, so you say go, go get Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Finn had a dog too. You know what his name was? Huck. Yeah, that's right. We're creative. So glad they're here. Cindy and I have been married 18 years and we're going on 70. And so uh, when I'm 92, and uh, you're welcome to come, you're, you're welcome to come to our wedding, uh, our anniversary at that day when we celebrate 70 years. Is that all right? I'm going to tell you, God is building a church, isn't he? Amen. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse, verse 41, it says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a... Somebody shout, Sound of abundance of rain. Look at your neighbor and say, There's a sound. Tell your neighbor, The man of God hears a sound of abundance. Verse 43 said to his servants, Go up now. Everybody shout right now. Look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Preacher, I don't see it. He said, Go again. You need to go till you see it. Because if the man of God heard it, you got to keep looking for it. Just because you didn't see it on the first time doesn't mean it's not going to happen. We must start seeing what the man of God is hearing from God. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to see what the man of God is hearing. Amen. I'd like to preach for the few moments, if I can, on simply outnumbered. Clap your hands and praise him for his word. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let there be a big shout in this building. Come on, somebody shout Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. Glory, glory, glory. It was one year ago, August the 30th. It was a Friday. I had a dream. In that dream, I was standing at a camp meeting with the marshal and I was just attending the camp meeting and um, a spirit of prophecy had come on me while I was somewhere in the audience I wasn't even on the platform I wasn't one of the speakers in the dream I was just at the meeting spirit of prophecy came up on me and when it, when it did the, the leadership of the camp meeting had recognized it called me to come forth and handed me the microphone to say what the Lord had given me. I lifted my hands in the dream and I said that day, The Lord, behold, I have set before you an open door that no man can shut. Now when I said that, I know that's scripture, but... It was a prophetic word in that camp meeting and the place began to rejoice. They began to respond. There was a witness of the Spirit all over the room and I went from that scene to another. Now, you have to understand, I wasn't even standing on the platform of the dream. I was over on this side. In the second part of the dream, I'm on this side of the church, and I'm in the altar, and, and I'm standing, and Brother Mark Morgan from California is standing beside me, and I lifted my hands again, and I prophesied, and I said, the open door is, toward, is, is for the North American church where God is going to fill millions of people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
Not hundreds. Not thousands. But millions. I want everybody to say millions. I was in that dream and there was an elder in the United Pentecostal Church that was standing on the platform. When I said it, he looked at me with a question, not questioning the prophecy. He was questioning how. Looking at me and how are we going to see millions? Everybody shout it again, millions. How are we going to see millions filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And, and I remember him looking at me with a question. And, and I told the Lord, I lifted my hands and in prayer at that moment of that camp meeting. And people rejoicing all over the building in the dream. And I said to the Lord, we have inspiration. We have prophecy. But we do not have instruction. And immediately the Lord downloaded into my spirit a level of instruction, not all of it, but a level of it. And he spoke to me. He said, you cannot wait when someone converts to give them all of the truth. You've got to let them start reaching people at their level of truth when they're converted. You can't put them in a side room somewhere for 20 years and wait on them at one of these 20 years to go reach somebody. That's why you look. I called my friend. The next day I was with a, a prophet of the Lord. I, I'm convinced he's a prophet of the Lord. And uh, I told him, I said, Brother Wade. I said, the Lord gave me a dream last night. I said, I need you to judge it. And uh, I told him my dream. He said, well, Brother Bounds, it's biblical. He said, because look, look at the book of John. When Jesus opened the eyes of a blinded man. When he opened his eyes, he, he, they came to him. He had never even seen Jesus at the pool of Siloam. Jesus told him, he said, go down to the pool of Siloam. Wash your, the mud out of your eyes. And when you do, you'll be healed. When he opened his eyes, he had been healed of being blind, but he had never seen Jesus. He had never seen him before. And they began to question him because he's healed. And he would just say, a man, his name was Jesus. And they brought him into the temple trying to question him because they were trying to say Jesus was not the Messiah. And this is what he said. He said, I don't know. I can't explain who he is, whether he's a sinner or not. I don't know. But what I do know is I was blind, but now I see. Can I tell you what's going to happen in North America? There's going to be such a move of God. There's going to be such an outpouring. There's going to be people that are going to come out of our congregations where they've been converted. They're going to say, all I know, I'm no longer an alcoholic. I'm no, no longer possessed by a devil. I can't explain the oneness of God, but I'm going to tell you what I know. I have been touched. God has healed me. God has delivered me. My grandmother used to sing it in church. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Somebody shout amen. And I believe there's going to come a revelation that's going to follow the outpouring of his spirit. Do I believe in the soon coming of the Lord Jesus? Yes. But just before he comes, I believe there's a, going to be a door. God's going to shake this country. And people are going to be stirred to an old-fashioned altar of repentance. God's going to pour his spirit out. I just want to know, do you believe what he said is true? That in the last days, saith God, Joel prophesied, I'm going to pour my spirit upon all flesh. If you believe it, jump to your feet, clap your hands. I want you to shout, Amen. Shout it, Amen. Glory. You may be seated. I was traveling, I was going from one district to another, had a tremendous delay, had to put, get on a completely different airline. To get to preach a camp meeting, camp meeting in Michigan. When uh, uh, I mean, I had a six-hour delay. I, I was, I, I called Brother Trammell, told him I'm sorry. I'm going I'm, I'm trying to get there as fast as I can. And, and uh, I was on the plane, was resting on the way there. And uh, I call it, I call it my mail slot. It, it, it's I'm not asleep, but I'm not necessarily awake. And uh, God sometimes speaks to me because God doesn't speak to a weary, a weary mind or a busy mind. And I was at rest there. All of a sudden I opened and I could see a field. It looked like a wheat field. A wheat field. There was no end to it. The width or the depth. It just kept going and going and going. And in that moment at that place with God, I, 
tried to look a little more detailed of what the vision God was showing me. And it wasn't wheat, it was the heads of a multitude of people. As far as the eye could. It was the field. It was a it was a harvest. And uh, I went to the meeting. I remember going to the camp meeting. I was trying to get there in my rental car. And I, had to put my, I had to put my wrinkled pants I was going to wear on the dash, hoping that the hot sun would iron them out before I got there. I, I stopped at a gas station and threw my suit on to get to the camp meeting. and Got to the camp meeting and went up there. And when I walked in and... I was glad I, I was glad Tupelo Children's Mansion was still giving their camp meeting promotion. And I walked in and it wasn't just after that I got up to preach. And when I stepped in the pulpit, the Lord wouldn't let me start. See, there's a prophetic utterance that is in this building even now. And I walked up and the Lord spoke to my spirit and tell him that the harvest is now. Tell him that it's not, it don't, don't wait, it's right now. That, that now is the time. And, and man, the Holy Ghost began to move in that room. And, and God began to move. And later after the service, I'm standing in the altar after I preached that day. Standing in the altar and I looked up. And the screen that was behind, which was the theme of the camp meeting, was the picture of the vision I had on the plane. It was a field that looked like a wheat field, but it was many heads, as you could see, a multitude of people. And the theme was, now is the time. That's no accident. That was God speaking to us. I come to preach to you that there is a harvest in North America. Don't you be confused by the news reports. Don't be confused by the chaos that seems like there's so much ungodliness. God will bring this nation to its knees and God's going to call us to repentance and there will be a great outpouring of His Spirit. Somebody shout Amen. Everybody shout millions. It's going to be a mega harvest like we've never seen before. And so when you look at what was going on, there had been three and a half years of drought in Samaria. God had hid the prophet for a while. His name was Elijah. And then the Lord told Elijah, you get up. And I want you to go down to Samaria. He gets down there and they repaired some broken altars. You're not going to see it until you build an altar before the Lord. I come to tell this church, we cannot talk about old-fashioned prayer meetings alone. We've got to have some old-fashioned prayer meetings right now. The Lord spoke to me in the year of 1999. It was the second, second uh, Tuesday of June of that year. I woke up that morning and the Lord spoke to me. And he said to me that you cannot see the firefall until you pour some things on the altar you can't afford to give. And he said, just like in Elijah's day at Mount Carmel, he said they had to build an altar, but they had to pour some things on that altar they couldn't afford to give. And this is what he said. He said in Elijah's day, they did not, they were in a drought. They couldn't afford water. And he required them to pour 12 barrels of water on that altar. He said in your day, they can't afford time. And he said, until you pour time on the altar, you will not have the fire to fall. You will not see the revival in your generation. That was Tuesday morning. On Wednesday night, a guest speaker just happened to stop by from a local conference. He stopped in the middle of this message. He said, the Lord has told me to tell this church that unless you pour some time on the altar, you will not see the fire fall. I come to tell you, it's what he said in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, seek my faith, then will I hear from heaven. Come on, do you believe in that word? Come on, it's not good enough just to believe that it exists. we got to believe it can happen again. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. Somebody shout, he will heal our land. 
Come on, I do not believe it's a day of doomsday. I believe God's going to bring America to its knees. Do you believe God can heal our land? If you do, jump to your feet and shout hallelujah. I believe God can heal this nation. I believe God can heal this city. Oh, glory! Come on, I want you to shout about it. I want you to believe it. God is going to heal our nation. God is going to bring a great revival to North America. Amen. He will. Somebody shout, He will. Heal our land. You may be seated. We must, though, here today. We've got to make a covenant. We have to get back to repairing some broken things. We've got to get back to old-fashioned prayer and fasting. You have to have an altar. It's not good enough just to have a bunch of verses in. Years of experience. What happened in the 70s? What happened in the 80s? we got to get back and make some history here today. we got to build some fresh altars before the Lord. Come on, I'm talking to everybody. If you've been in church 50 years, I'm preaching to you. If you've, you've been here for 15 minutes, I'm preaching to you. We've got to get back to the altar. If we will get back to the altar... We're going to start hearing what the Lord wants to do. I feel this. I'm not just preaching, just fluff here today. I've heard from God. It will repair some altars. And you're doing it. That's why I feel such a prophetic spirit. No altar, no prophecy. But you get some altars built. There's going to come a word from the Lord that's fresh for your family. That's fresh for this church. Fresh for this city. He built an altar and the fire fell. You know who the fire fell? The fire fell upon the altar. The fire fell upon. He, he built an altar of wood. Twelve stones, an altar of wood. He set the sacrifice, the bullock there on that altar. He built it. When they laid the sacrifice, Elijah got back and he prayed this prayer. And he said, hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. And that thou hast turned their heart back again. There's going to be a revival of backsliders. Preacher's kids on the urge of being atheistic in their mindset. Elders' children that have walked away that are so confused by the atmosphere of an antichrist culture. There's going to be such a revival. And the Lord spoke to me one Saturday. I don't say that casually. I'm telling you, I've heard from God. But I was praying on a Saturday morning. And the Lord, about this verse, he said, you can build an altar so hot that the fire of that altar can melt the hardest of hearts. Because when he prayed, the fire fell in that altar and it licked up the wood. It licked up the 12 barrels of water and it licked up the stones. I don't care how far they are away. They're not too far for God to get a hold of them. But we've got to have an altar for God to work through. We've got to have an altar. Somebody shout amen. Come on, do you believe you can fast and pray and God can wake some of these people up? Somebody shout glory. I just want to know, is there anybody in your life you want to see back in the house of God? Is there anybody in your world you want to see return to the kingdom of God? Amen. Look at two or three people and tell them we need to build an altar before the Lord. The fire fell in one moment. What Jezebel took decades to deteriorate in the people of God was destroyed in one altar. One prayer meeting. I wonder, you know, that's why she got so mad. All those years of slowly compromising the people of God with one bell temple here and one bell temple there. Here a little and there a little. And one prophet, one altar destroys everything that she's done for decades. Somebody told me the other day there was a guy come in. He was sitting in the front row and he was sitting there. And I didn't even notice him. I didn't even notice him. But they told me he was trying to cast a spell on me the whole service. He had some little thing, little emblem. Said he was having his hands going. <laughs> Devil had to be so mad. I didn't even know he was in the room, man. <laughs> come on. We have power over the Devil. 
Let's get them back. Let's take the city back. Come on, let's go after the people the devil, devil's confused. We have enough power. One prayer meeting. One old fast. Come on, one prayer meeting. One altar being built. We can, we can wreak havoc on the devil. Come on, the devil can't do anything but put thoughts in your mind. You need to step out in faith right now and say, I believe that God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. Has it rained? In three and a half years, the fire falls and an entire nation falls on their knees and said, the Lord, he is the God. Somebody shout it with me. The Lord, Lord. he is the God. God. And when it did, they went down and destroyed all the bell prophets and and the, the prophet of the Lord, the man of God, turned around and looked at a young man. Come here, come here and help me. He looked at a young man and he said, I, I, I need to pray. Can, can I have one of you, one of your coats? Is it, can I have one of your coats? I need a mantle. I said, all right, okay. He, he got on his knees. See, everything that's going to happen is going to be because the church got on their knees. Y'all been talking about prayer around here, haven't you? Come on, you've been praying. I'm going to tell some of you, you've been praying for 50 years. It hadn't happened yet. It's about to happen. You watch. God's going to do a work speedily. God's going to do a speedy work. And he gets on his knees. And he's on his knees. The Bible says he, he puts his face down between his knees. And he's praying. And he said, I hear something. I, I hear something. It's the sound of abundance of rain. I can hear it. I, I know you haven't seen it in a while. I know it hasn't rained in years. You've had crops to die. There, there's been things that happen. You've had, you've had, you've had flocks to die. You, there, uh, but I hear something. I'm going to speak to some elders. I want, I, want, I, want, I want every elder in this room to hear me right now. Obadiah was... Hey, don't leave me, son. Don't leave me. I got. I need you in the altar. You stay with me. And uh, Obadiah, when Jezebel was trying to convert a nation to the ways of Baal, Obadiah was hiding some men of God. He was hiding the prophets, and he was giving them bread and water. I believe when God saw the man of God, the, I believe when God saw Obadiah protecting the, the ministry of the kingdom, tithes and offerings and prayer. I believe God saw every time he handed the prophet a, 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 a cup of water, he said, I'm going to pour it back out. All you people that's been in this church for a long time, everything you've been doing for seasons and for years, I'm going to tell you, God's going to cause it to rain upon your life. You're going to see a revival in this city because of your faithfulness. I'm preaching to some elders. You haven't stopped praying. You haven't stopped giving. God saw the work of Obadiah, and he's going to open up the heavens because you were willing to be faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, I hear something. He said, here's what I need you to do because it's not good enough for me to hear it. I need you to see it. It's not good enough for the man of God to hear it. I need somebody that will see it with me. He said, I need you to get up on the top of the hill. Go up on the top of the mountain. Look over the Mediterranean. What do you see? What do you see? He stayed down here praying. Pastor Carson, there's going to be a great vision through the five-fold ministry. You're going to hear things in prayer. Old prophecies. But this church is about to see what's been heard in the prayer closet. Young man comes back down. Come here. What do you see? Did you see anything? I didn't see. I saw nothing. Get back up there. Get back there. You keep looking just because you haven't seen it yet. Come here. I can hear it, but can you see it? I don't see it. Get back up there. So that's our problem. When God gives us a word, we think it's going to happen tomorrow. And if it doesn't happen, we let unbelief get in our spirit. And then God can't operate because you got unbelief in your heart. Come on, if God said it, it shall come to pass. I said, if He said it. Coming the Lord hadn't happened yet either, but I've got my hand over my eye. I'm looking toward the eastern sky. I believe I'm looking. I, one of these days I'm going to see it, but I believe it. Hallelujah. 
gets back down there. He puts his head between his knees. What do you see? Come one more time. Go, go again. He didn't see anything. All of a sudden, he puts his hand over his eye. No, no, over like this. I need you looking. And he goes, oh! He returns. Come here. Did you see anything? Yeah. I saw something. Well, what was it? Here's a cloud about the size of my hand. Run! <laughs> Run! Run! That means the west wind is blowing. That means, he said, it's the west wind that brings the rain. It's coming from the west. That's a wind of restoration. God's about to put back in everything that's been taken away. Run, Ahab. You've never seen anything like you're about to see. We're not just going to hear about it. We're about to live in the middle of it. Jump to your feet and shout, I see the clouds coming. Clap your hands if you believe it. I'm telling you, there are winds of a restoration. Praise Him all over this building. Hallelujah. It might start with four baptisms. And then it's 40. And then it's 400. And then it's 4,000. The Bible says despise not small beginnings. How many believe in this room that it might just start with one backslider? That reaches 12 backsliders. That reaches 45. Until there's no room in the building to put them. Because just the backsliders alone would fill up three of these buildings. I've just come to preach to you. But somebody's got to start seeing what the man of God has heard on his knees. Now I'm commissioning, commissioning you and you can be seated. I'll be done shortly. I want you to sit right there. You want to be used of God, young man? What's your name? Samuel. Samuel. Oh, my land. You're named for it, that's for sure. You want to be used of God? Be a first responder. All right? Don't wait on anybody else to say amen. Pastor talks about giving, you be the first one to give. Pastor talks about prayer meeting, you be the first one at prayer meeting. First one to say, he talks about a fast change, you be the first one involved. Because God that's going to use people in the gifts of the Spirit must be first responders. A weekend of celebrating first responders. You've got to learn to respond. God's, see, God's not just going to use an elder. He's looking for generational revival. A multi-generational. He said, in the last day, saith God, I'm going to pour my Spirit on all flesh. Are you ready? Sons. Grant, right? Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Boys. And girls. Old men are going to dream dreams. And young men are going to see it. What the elder's been dreaming about. The young man's going to stand at his feet and say, I see it. God has let me see what you've been preaching about. Come on, what this church has embraced for decades. What you've been dreaming about. We're about, we see it. We're behind you, preacher. It's going to happen in this. I see it. Come on, can you see it? That's what I've come to preach to you. Is there anybody else that'll jump your feet and say, I see it. What the elders have been dreaming. I can see it. Come on, come on, it's here. The Holy Ghost is here. The move of God is here. You that's watching online, you need to get to the house of God. You need to get in the midst of where the rain's falling. You gotta get back. God's not done with you. His hand is reaching for you. His mercy extending towards your life. You've got to see about the mercy of God. I want you to lift your hands all over this building and say, God, let me see what the elders been dreaming. Come on, you can't pray that much and nothing happened. 
You keep on praying, something's happening. Look at this building right now, but there's many more to go. I said there's many, 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 many. We're going to rejoice over every single soul, but there's so many that's going to be drawn to the house of God because you start seeing what the prophet's been hearing. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you must receive what the man of God's been hearing. But you can't receive it until you picture it. Stand all over the building. I was just a, I was a new pastor. I was in my late 20s. I heard from the Lord while I was preaching. Do you still believe God speaks to his people? He that hath an ear. Let him hear. Come on, we need to hear it. Brother Kilman up here earlier was talking about we need to see what God's doing. Come on, elbow your neighbor and say, can you see it? I was preaching a, a Sunday night. I got so, the anointing hit me so strong. I started jumping up and down. I said, next Sunday night is going to be miracle night. Every sick person that you bring into this sanctuary is going to be healed. You know what? They all shouted, Amen. They saw what I was hearing. I said, Go to your neighbors, invite everyone. I don't care how far gone that get them to the house of God. After church, you know, when the spirit lifts and you smell the restaurants on the way home and reality sets in and you're hungry, and I thought to myself, Oh God. What in the world did I say at church tonight? What if? Let's just be honest. We hear God, but we still got to deal with flesh. I have to look in the mirror because I don't trust me. I only trust Him in me. I said, oh God. I thought to myself, what? what's going to happen when somebody comes that's sick and has cancer they're going to say, that young preacher, he's got zeal, but he didn't have any wisdom. A little grain behind the ear, a little wet behind the ear. That was going through my mind. I was just a young pastor. Every time I go to prayer on my knees, I could see it. I could hear it. Every time all week long, I could, I could hear what the Spirit is saying when the mind was trying to doubt it. I got to Sunday night. Got up there and preached. It was feet. Hardly any seats available. Sick people from wall to wall. People standing there with beanie, beanie hats on cause of chemotherapy and they didn't have any hair but diagnosed. And I remember I was preaching about go show yourself to the priest, be healed. And uh, I remember standing on this side, I said, there's too many people for me to lay hands on. I said, if you want a miracle, just step out of your seat and God's going to heal you. Well, they did. They stepped out of their seat. Started walking. A lady called me that next week. Her name was Anna Leitner. She'd never been to a Pentecostal church before. Her, her neighbor, Jay Southall, knocked on the door and said, My pastor said that God's going to heal everybody who comes to church Sunday night. Won't you come? And, and she had six months to live. Six months to live. Lung cancer. She'd already given her stuff away. The doctor said, That's all I can do. She'd already given everything away. Her dishes and keepsakes. And she's just sitting at home dying. And she came to church that night. And later that week, she called me. She said, Pastor, I know I've never been there, but I've got to tell you what happened. When you said step out of that seat, she said, I did. And when I took one step, it felt like fire burnt all the way through. We've been praying. We've been sowing. Come on. Now the Lord's going to send the rain. I'm telling you, I prophesy to you, he's going to send the rain. We've been praying. Do you believe it? Your prayers aren't in vain. She went back to the doctor that week. Anna went to the doctor. And the doctor put a scope down her lungs. He pulled the scope out and he said, Anna, I don't know what's happened to you, but there is no sign of cancer in your body. That was 13 years ago. 
13 years ago. Still no cancer. You know why? Because the people started seeing what the man of God was hearing. Brother Halk, I was preaching a funeral. One time preaching a funeral. And I was just preaching, man, the Holy Ghost came on me. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a church folks' funeral. It was somebody in the community, somebody connected. I was preaching, the Holy Ghost hit me so strong. And I pointed over in this direction. I said, God is able to heal your heart today. Now, in my mind, I was thinking broken heart. But the lady in the audience thought I meant physical heart condition. And she believed the man of God. She believed and she was instantly healed of a medical heart condition. Because if you'll just believe, come on, the devil's been lying to you. He's told you that the daughter's too far gone. That the son is too, I'm telling you, let God get the final word. You just hear what the preacher's preaching. You just start... The devil has told some of you, you will never receive the Holy Ghost, but you're going to get it today. The Holy Ghost is going to fall on you. You just got to start picturing yourself speaking another tongue. If God's Word says it, if God's Word says it, I hear the sound. Can you see the cloud? I hear the sound. Can you see what God is saying? Can you see what God wants to do in your life? Can you see it? Come on, somebody embrace the Spirit. Can you see what you've been praying for? All over this building right now. Lord, open their eyes that they may see. There's more for them than against them. Oh. All over this building, lift your voices. Everybody in the building praising Him. Everybody in the building worshiping Him. Everybody.